0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Business Community on Calon FM. Good afternoon and welcome to the Business Community with me, Heather Noble and me, Tracy Jones. And this week's topical discussion is was spawned from an article that um, the a news article that the BBC were reporting about how the warm weather and the World Cup helped to grow the UK economy in the quarter to July. And we thought that would be quite an interesting thing just to focus on because...
1: Oh, do you remember that lovely warm weather we had? I, yeah.
0: Seems I do. a distant memory now. It does seem a distant Autumn. memory. But the legacy apparently is showing in people's bank accounts because... Very good. Presumably, the weather has the ability to influence our spending. So, um, yeah, so the Office of National T- Statist- Statistics, easy for me to say, not so for anybody <laughs> else. Put your teeth um, Declared that the economy grew by 0.3% in July and by 0.6% over over the three months to July, which was the fastest pace in almost a year. It says that service industry grew particularly strongly. Retail sales performed well, which were boosted by the warm weather and World Cup. And I guess that's going to be an element of beer and food and all the things that people tend to do while they're out barbecuing and partying and having a good time but they say that the construction sector expanded but industrial output contracted so it's not across all boards but it's but it's it's broadly hinged on the retail and service industry. Yeah, also
1: so, in July um sorry at the end of August BBC did an article to say that UK car manufacturing had tumbled in July and it had fallen month on month by 11%. Looking month on month I understand isn't that great you need yeah, big periods. Yeah. Um but it wasn't all positive.
0: No, and and I think uh, for me personally uh, I was trying to think back. I am old enough to remember the heat wave of 1976, but I don't think I had any money. I certainly didn't have an interest in business. Um, And I wonder whether these figures were replicated back then. I don't know if there was a World Cup, but um, you had a look at some previous stats, didn't you? So
1: I was reading... um, An interesting article from July in The Independent. And it's quite prescient, really, because it was saying, will the heat wave help or hurt the UK economy? So they were doing this before we knew the answers. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you say, um, one of the reasons that it will help the economy is that people buy things that they need to either cope with or enjoy the hot weather. So... Fire lighters, alcohol, sunscreen, it's all part of the... All the essentials of life. Um, Also, domestic tourism is likely to get a boost and the figures do show that um, UK hotels and campsites did get a boost over this period. And then there's the feel-good factor and one of the theories is that... consumer confidence will be higher when the weather is good and they'll spend more in the shops. But also in that article, it does talk about the summer of 76. And yes, you're right. GDP did grow very quickly in the second half of that year, rising by 1.2% in the third quarter and 2.1% in the final quarter. So quite a bit more than um, this year. Mm. However, the article goes on to say that it might have something to do with that it was following the recession of 1975 and also uh, the bailout of the country by the International Monetary Fund. So don't really know. that The thinking is that perhaps that had more of an influence than the hot weather. But, yeah, it's good news. And it was lovely weather as well.
0: And it was lovely. But do you know what? I was, I was sort of looking through, trying to get, get my head around some of these stats. And um, I've, I came across a website I've never found before. But I think it's quite an interesting one. And one that I might revisit um, periodically as part of my research for this show. It's called fullfact.org. And it's a fact checking website. So they'd got a whole um, section on uh, UK economic growth. Uh, and th- I found an article specifically around it's um, I- where it stands in terms of the G7 countries. And there was a, a very interesting bit. So they talk about in the first three months of 2018, uh, the UK was one of the slowest growing, growing economies in the G7. Uh, but then... Uh, as I read on, they talk about the slowdown in UK growth. And it says, um, we know the biggest driver of the most recent slow growth has been falls in output from the construction industry. At the time the figures came out, the Chancellor of the Exchequer singled out the unusually cold weather and snow in March as one cause. But... The Office of National Statistics, who have said that the hot weather has brought about this this upturn, said that this was, at most, a minor fact. So, are they telling me that hot weather has a positive impact, but cold weather can't possibly have a negative impact? How how does that all stack up? Hmm. Well,
1: you will probably be comforted to know that there is a lot of research going on about this at the moment. Okay. And if you feel really like delving into the impact of the climate on the economy, then you could do a lot worse than going to the Journal of Economic Literature, Heather. Sounds, uh, yeah, I'm there already. Yeah, sounds (laughs) gripping. I can give you the link to the paper. You may choose to uh, just read the summary. Um, But there is a rapidly growing body of research that's looking at how temperature Precipitation. You can tell it's a scientific paper. It doesn't say rain. Yeah. Precipitation. Precipitation. And windstorms influence economic outcomes. Now, a lot of the research is looking at the general climates of whole countries rather than a hot spell in one particular Mm -hmm. country. But it's growing in importance because of the global temperatures are generally rising over the next century. There's the expectation. And so it's obviously important to consider the potential economic implications. So if you want to get stuck in, go to the Journal of Economic Literature. There's some good stuff in there.
0: Okay, and that we will put a link to that <laughs> for those <laughs> of you who brain. have trouble sleeping.
1: And, and just to um, let you know that actually looking at the weather and, com- and comparing um, and contrasting the weather with the economic output, um, it's not a new thing. Apparently, during the Enlightenment, so we're talking about 1700s or so Mm -hmm. um montesquieu i think i'm hoping well you know what he's not going to argue with me i doubt he's going to write in he's he's, he's, he's well and truly dead by now but he wrote a book called the spirit of laws and uh, this was published in 1748 and apparently an excess of heat makes men slothful and dispirited Oh gosh! so okay, yeah, so even in seventeen forty eight they were recognizing the impact of the warm weather on p- productivity. Wow,
0: let's hope that next year well, let's hope the next year has another heat wave so that it boosts the economy again. um yeah, it's interesting, isn't it and and I suppose it's true that any story you can look at you know, both ways so it, it obviously serves in you some respect evidence to, yeah to, to argue yes yeah but it sounded like a nice good news story when it came through the radio on uh, whenever it was monday or whatever it was so um, <laughs> it seemed worthy of, of discussion well thank you very much heather <laughs>
1: You're listening to The Business Community on Calan FM and this is the part of the show where we look at events and news that might interest you. We hope they do anyway and we will put links for all of the events and um, interesting resources on our website which is thebusiness.community. So the first one I'm going to start off with is an HR Breakfast Seminar which is all about leadership, um, attracting, developing, effective leaders and it's organised by the JVP Group, as far as I'm aware. It does certainly involves um, Kath Harrison of JVP Group and uh, Justine Watkinson, Head of Employment Law at Hillier McCune and David Roberts of the Alternative Board. And it's on the 18th of September in St. Asaph, and in North Wales, it says, but I think it's Wrexham, on the 3rd of October there are links to an Eventbrite section. So just so you know what's going to be involved in there, it's free for a start and it's a breakfast seminar. So assume you're going before work. Justine is going to be talking about the impact of modern inspirational leaders. Maybe she's been listening to our show, Heather. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kath Harrison is going to be talking about uh, exploring... Um, talent attraction methods for leadership roles. and David Roberts will be talking about the influence, oh sorry, how to influence and develop effective leaders. The event will include time to network with fellow HR professionals and business owners, along with a panel Q and a where you can ask any questions relating to HR recruitment and employment law. The event is for HR professionals, business owners and leaders and people managers. As I say, the event is listed on Eventbrite and we will put the details on our website.
0: Okay, I've got a few. Uh, Next Wednesday, the 19th of September, uh, Wirral and Chester Business Fair um, returns and it's at the new Brighton Floral Pavilion uh, it's a business to business exhibition there are workshops seminars business clinics ask the expert um, support for startups the whole gamut and uh, you can visit you can exhibit uh, or you can sponsor although I imagine that they've they've pretty much nailed the sponsorship side of the the, um, the event by now but it's uh, 10 30 till 3 30 and it's yeah, it looks like an interesting one to pop along to. Um, Then going slightly further afield over to Birmingham, I noticed uh, there are two events on the 26th of September and then again on the 29th of November, the Birmingham Online Seller Meetup. It's a free event for people who sell um, online and it has uh, topics around Amazon, Uh, content optimization, marketing automation, and integrating e-commerce with ERP. I don't know what ERP is, so I probably should go. It's probably something really obvious. Anyway, that's um, taking place, as I say, in Birmingham at the Comfort Inn free event. Then I'm going to plug an event that I'm actually involved with. This is on the 10th of October. Uh, it's in Shrewsbury. It's a CIPD event and uh, it's a wellbeing event. Wellbeing in the workplace is, is the big thing at the moment. And there's also an exhibition. Uh, speakers are Dr. Sheena Johnson, who's an occupational psychologist, Um Rachel Suff, who's a CIPD policy advisor and Duncan Spencer, who's head of information and intelligence at the Institute and institution of occupational health and safety. And then there are some workshops. I'm doing a workshop around teamwork and positive relationships, but there's volunteering, business coaching, mental health, stress, and financial wellbeing, uh, details available again on our website. And finally, uh, in November, Introbiz Business Expo. This is an event taking place in Cardiff. Uh, it's an all-day event. It's basically an event where businesses get to know each other. There's lots of networking, exhibiting. It's the largest business expo in Wales. Has over 200 exhibitors. And if he floats your boat, Lord Sugar uh, is the keynote speaker there. So uh, if that's something that interests you, he's speaking from 12 till 2:15. And there's a gala dinner afterwards. Don't know if he'll be at that. But uh, yeah, looks like, looks like a goodie. It looks like a goodie. Details on thebusiness.community.
1: Now, I don't know if it will help, Heather, Heather but uh, ERP stands for
0: Enterprise Resource Planning.
1: Oh, thank you. And it, it's um, a whole suite of IT software that helps you to manage the core parts of your business.
0: Right, okay. Maybe we'll do a feature on that at some point. (laughs) Maybe we will. We better do a bit more research (laughs) on it first, though. I've learnt loads already.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Another place where you can go to to learn is... this article that I found on concur.co.uk and the article is called Could Your Business Be Claiming More Tax Relief? And if you think you are or would like to see if there are other incentives you could be using, you can have a look at this but then you can use it to go and ask your accountant or tax advisor. Um, the article is really interesting, it splits up into um, several different sections but it puts a link to the gov.uk website the relevant guidance pages on on these topics so um, just to quickly whiz through uh, there's a section on research and development and it's looking at whether your business researches develops new processes products or services or improves on existing ones If you're planning to set up a business based on the results of research and development in a particular area, there are claims to be had for claiming tax relief on those expenses. There's the annual investment allowance with relief on plant and machinery that you purchase. There's enhanced capital allowances with tax relief on green equipment and when i'm talking about green i'm not talking about the color green energy efficient equipment <laughs> <laughs> there is the employment allowance which can allow you to reduce your national insurance contributions and any relief for working from home as well so if you're interested in this we'll put the link to the article and then within there you'll find art, uh, links to the guidance on the gov.uk website so First place to start is our website, thebusiness.community. So the book we've chosen, or rather the book Heather's chosen for us to review Oops. this week. No, I, it was a good suggestion. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> is Brandwashed by Martin Lindstrom. Now, Martin is also the author of a book called The Biology. And it's spelt B-U-I-ology, not B-I-ology. And um, I have to admit, I didn't buy the book and I couldn't find it on fourminutebooks.com. It's not on no. though. However, I did fall back on my, my other alternative, which is YouTube. And I found two really, really interesting videos. The first one is an interview with Martin um, by the University of Cambridge. And he, he talks about the book and, and the making of the Morgansons film, which is mentioned in the book. And, He just talks about things that you go, oh, yeah, actually, I had thought that might be a thing, but wow, I didn't realise it was that big. For example, how much you are influenced by other people's choices, particularly choosing in a restaurant, And and he he talks through that in this YouTube video. He talks about the Meet the Morgansons film, which um, I watched a whole other video on, so I'll come on to that. But what I was struck by by this interview with the University of Cambridge was that he goes into, seems to, you can put me right, seems to explain an awful lot of stuff, almost the psychology behind the marketing that we're being fed in order to sell stuff to us and we're totally unaware of how much we're influenced by it and, and by others as well. So the other um, video I watched was the making of the Morgansons which is part of this whole brand washed project and this family um, there's a, a whole backstory to it but um, apparently something similar would be done where the, a, a family was being videoed and people were just watching it. And this is where Martin had the idea to actually do a similar thing, get a family who are video 24-7, people watching it. But they were given a specific task of promoting certain brands all the way through it. And and it was essentially research. Even with their closest friends, they hadn't told them that this was their task. And they got hidden and non-hidden cameras and the family were fully on board with all of this. And... It seems amazing the amount of influence that they had on the pran- the brands that they were just simply talking about. They weren't even saying, buy this, buy this. They were just mentioning it in this lifestyle video that they were part of. So what I've picked up about the book, having not read it, but watched some videos and, and read some reviews, is it's about how we're manipulated and brainwashed. And our own biases and perceptions are used against us. And... I understand that what Martin talks about in the book is these tools of deception that are used against us.
0: Am I there or thereabouts Heather? Yeah, you're absolutely spot on. And I think that, um, yes, it may be tools of deception. It may just be tools of persuasion. Uh, but we are susceptible to them and we're susceptible to them from a very early age. There's a whole section in the book that I found absolutely fascinating. Um, where they, where he is suggesting that we are being marketed to while we are in the womb, because wow. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, it, it, it's fascinating um, whether it's music, whether it's um, sensory things that are happening to our mothers whilst we're in the womb. So I mean, we, we've heard before stories that you know, if if your mother listens to classical music, you. As a baby might be attracted to classical music, um, babies can hear their mother's voice. If it's folk music, the baby might be. So that's proven, but it's also true of tastes. So things that your mother ingests, you may take. You, you may have a preference for. And it goes on to talk about how in department stores, um, smells are uh, pumped into. For example, the maternity section of a department store. Maybe the smell of baby powder. Oh Maybe, wow! Yeah. So I
1: knew bread. The
0: supermarkets pump the smell of bread. Exactly. Yeah. Door. Well, the same. Yeah. 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 So, so this influences the mother, um, and this is passed on to the baby. I don't understand biologically how it happens, but it happens. They do it. They spend money at it, um, and he talks about um, he talks about all sorts of things. He talks about the Morgansons, which is absolutely fascinating. I find it amazing and he uses an example with that where he s- he mentions that the ladies so mrs. Morganson and, and her her neighbors girlfriend neighbors they're all you know around having a bit of a coffee morning or a bit of a chat uh, and uh, mrs. Morganson mentions a bag and sh- has got a bag that she's recently bought and this is where I wasn't sure whether I'd just been brandwashed because he mentions the name the brand name of the bag. And then I read the story and she tells her friend, she says, look at this bag. It's amazing. It's the best bag ever. Blah, 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 blah. And apparently within two days, three, um, two of those women have bought the bag and one of them has bought two of them. And what did I do? Straight onto Amazon to find out what the bag's like. <laughs> right? So, did you buy it? No, no, I didn't. But I am thinking of putting it on my wish list. Um, but, but, you know, that... so. I did that and then instantly I was thinking, oh my goodness, I'm not even part of this um, exercise. And yet I have. So that's
1: the power of recommendation. Yeah. Totally or even just mentioning. Yeah, somebody. she yeah. mentioned
0: her bag. She also they also used the example. I latched onto the women thing, as you can probably imagine. But the t- same was true of um, computer games that the kids were playing. Uh, so the kids just say, "Look, you know, you've got to play this game. It's amazing! It's amazing!" And then there's pester power for the other kids to have the game.
1: And am I right in thinking that people just tuned into it? This was like a live stream, like um, like yeah. Big Brother or something. Yeah,
0: it was for a month or something. It was. Uh, I mean, it was very expensive, and there were loads of cameras, and you know. I'm not sure I would
1: sign up to do that as a family so they were very brave to do that
0: well yeah I mean they were tar- they were they were recruit- recruited specifically for it um we, you know which is well interesting in itself that you might want to do that um but I just found it fascinating the, again the woman with the girlfriends talking about shoe they're going shopping and she said oh we must go to xyz shoe store it's the best shoe store ever you i mean you just always find a pair of shoes in there it's it, it's just amazing you can't not go there so off the women go one woman comes out with five pairs of shoes from that particularly there are loads of sh- shoe places that they could have gone you know, it, it's it's peer pressure it's it it's just that desire to fit in now can i um just ask um it wasn't clear from what
1: I looked into, but do you, did you get the feeling that Martin had an axe to grind about this, or was it purely presenting the information because it's in- interesting? He's from a marketing background, isn't yeah, he? Yeah,
0: Yeah. He he uh, he talks quite a lot about branding, and what he did was he went he went cold turkey. So for a year, he decided that he would not buy or use any brands, right? quite that's a tall order and he that, ta- yeah, yeah. talks at length about it he says you know I talk you know I travel around I talk I you know I'm on TV I'll do whatever um, I cannot wear branded clothes so he always wears black clothes apparently right that's his thing um, so he, he said you know I can't buy branded stuff it's not allowed food you know it's just got to be you know the ingredients you know you can't have a McDonald's you can't you can't wear you know a polo Ralph Lauren shirt or whatever. And he did this for a number of months. And then he found himself in another country, Cyprus, I think it was, where his luggage was lost. And he was going to speak at an event. And he he, he made no bones about the fact how tough it was to live without brands. But then he had to buy a t-shirt. He needed a shirt to go and talk at this event. And the only t-shirt he could find had I Love Cyprus on it. And it was white right? So that was just not his thing at all. And he then goes on to say, and it's a bit like drugs. Now, okay, he might be dramatizing this. But he said, from that point, I was off the wagon and I was back into brands and I was back into eating branded foods and all sorts of things. And he talks about the so impact he was pushed of that. out of
1: his comfort zone. He had to buy something he wouldn't ordinarily buy. Yeah, yeah, and it he sprang it back can't yeah, yeah.
0: because because he got he hadn't got his luggage. So he'd planned and you know managed as much as he could. Had found some coping mechanisms for living a life without. I suppose it's a bit like if you go on a diet. You know, suddenly you can't just order what you want off the menu, but. Just really, really interesting. So I don't think he had an axe to grind. I think he was just fascinated by how brands influence him and how he's been marketed at. And um, just uh, just before we move on from this, in the um, the. Um the you know the bump the blurb about the book it it talks about all sorts of things so for example it says you'll find out how companies of all stripes are secretly mining our digital footprints to uncover uncover some of the most intimate details of our private lives then using that information to target us with ads and offers we kind of know a little bit about that Um, but then it says new findings that reveal how advertisers and marketers intentionally target children at an alarmingly young age starting when they are still in the womb if you read nothing else from that book read that chapter read that section I find it fascinating absolutely fascinating
1: and so who would you say the book is uh, suitable for aimed at who might find it interesting Uh,
0: well I would say anybody who's got money is spending money, you know, not, it doesn't mean like lo- loads of money. Anybody who's buying anything, you know, I and mean, we've just bought some snacks, you know, before we, we, we've come into the show, you know, here we are with a packet of mini cheddars, right? I'm drawn to mini cheddars. I don't know why, but I'm drawn to them. There's going to be a reason why that's happened and why not, I don't know, hula hoops or, do, do you know what I mean? There's all of this stuff going on and the place that these products have in our minds, subconsciously, it, it, we're just drawn to them. And I just find it fascinating. I find it absolutely fascinating. So looking at it from the other point of view, if
1: you've got a product you want to market, yep. could you use any of the information from this
0: book as a tool? I think, I mean, maybe if you're very clever, um, if you've got a budget, but I think it's more interesting from the point of, for me anyway, of how we are marketed to and if we are aware of that, we can um, put ourselves in control a little bit. It's the psychology of what, why people spend money, how people spend money. That's the bit that's interesting. Why would Joe Bloggs buy my product if their next door neighbour has bought it? But understanding that, that's, that's, that's the thing that just captures my imagination.
1: So the book is called Brandwashed. It's by Martin Lindström. And we'll put a link to where you can find that on one of the big online retailers yes. on our website, the This
0: week our business personality guru, leader, leader, whatever you want to call it, is, is somebody that um is is a household name in terms of being a businessman um and he is one of the dragons from Dragon's Den his name is Duncan Bannatyne not Bannantine I always want to say Bannantine I don't know what that is um or who that is Duncan Bannatyne he's a little bit marmite whether you love him or hate him uh, he is of course the man behind Bannatyne's gyms that you see all around health club style sorry Health clubs. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, gyms, health clubs, you name it. He's written seven books. Um, he comes from fairly humble beginnings, uh, Clyde Bank in Scotland, and he is... Uh, um, Heavily involved with charities. He does he, he does a lot for charity, doesn't like to talk about it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, he had an OBE for his contribution to good causes, including Comet Relief and UNICEF. And he is a passionate anti-smoking campaigner. He is worth quite a few pounds. Although uh, quite a bit less than he was. Although quite a bit less than he was. Um, and uh, is... Um, is fairly newly married to um, his... Third wife. Third wife. Has a number of children and there are stories about um, how he's leaving his money to his children or is he? Um, but he tells quite an interesting story in his, uh, on his company website. He talks about, as a child, uh, when he wanted to get a job and he um, thought, right, I need to get some cash because his mum could not afford to buy him a bike. So he said to the local news agent, can I have a paper round? And the news agent said, well, you can, but you need to get 100 potential customers before we can generate a paper round. So he went door knocking, knocking on doors and drew up a list of 100 names and addresses. He got the job, he bought a bike and says that he never looked back. So maybe this sort of entrepreneurial spirit is is sort of innate, um within within people but um he's i don't know he's 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 a a, a difficult character to find stuff out about what did you find tracy those
1: stories are the same on all the websites all the interviews it's the same stories the same biography everything um i i first picked up on the fact that he's about the same age as my mum and dad and What was also similar with my dad is the number of jobs that he had before the age of 30. Right. So lots and lots of different jobs. And it was a different time. But my dad always used to say he could start one job in the morning, leave that at 11 o'clock, go and walk into another job at lunchtime and change his mind about that one before the end of the day and get a third job.
0: Yeah. Different Jobs times. A lot
1: easier to come yeah. by. Um, but apparently, um, as well as that, he didn't have a bank account until he was 30, which again, it's different times. So he was born in 49. So in those times, perhaps my granddad probably didn't even have a bank account. I'm not sure my dad did um, at that sort of age. But it would be very unusual now for you to not have a bank account. One of the things I picked up on was that um, one of his first businesses was he bought himself an ice cream van for £450. And I read this on Wikipedia. I don't know if this has been confirmed anywhere else, but it it captured my imagination. Um, He was involved in the Glasgow ice cream wars, apparently. I'm I'm going to say that this is totally uncorroborated, but um, the ice cream wars in Glasgow... In the 80s, if you've never heard of it, or if you weren't even born then, it was a turf war in the east end of Glasgow um, between rival organisations who were selling drugs and stolen goods from ice cream vans. Um, so I'm not so sure that Duncan Bannertine would probably admit to being part of that, if indeed he was. Maybe his ice cream wars were a little gentler.
0: and Maybe was more he was a... just trying to sell ice cream and yeah, got and caught it was, up in the... And it was the, like yeah, a war, yeah. Because yeah. we're not saying that he was involved in the drug side of it. No, not no, at all. it just
1: um, he was selling ice cream in Glasgow. At that time, at yes. At that particular yes. time, yes. yes. Uh, but it's it's in a fascinating of history if you want to do a bit of reading into it um, i mentioned earlier on how he wasn't worth quite as much i think maybe his his wealth has recovered now he's he's obviously a very entrepreneurial man but apparently his uh, wealth did take a bit of a hit when he divorced his second wife um in 2010 i believe um so or is it 2000 no 2013 he was divorced so um yeah uh, don't get divorced. It's expensive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also I did my usual stuff. I looked at Companies House. Um, total of 75 appointments on Companies House. I think he wins the prize so far for uh, business leaders that we've looked up on Companies House. Five current so okay. at the moment, he's chairman of Bannatine Media Limited and is director of the Bannertine Group PLC, Savage Digital Limited, Bannertine Properties Limited and E2 Exchange Limited. Oh, um, I, I like looking at Companies House. It, it's a bit of a bit of a thing for me. But I think the fact that he's got so many previous appointments fits in with his very entrepreneurial style and uh, obviously it's confirmed what i thought and then i looked at twitter and i like i like twitter and linkedin uh, to somehow you're limited to the number of words you can use to to put your bio particularly in twitter so i think it's quite telling what people decide to put in as their as their profile on twitter there wasn't much on linkedin so he's on there but it it wasn't worthy of note Um, but on Twitter, his his little profile says, founder of the Bannertine Group, author of seven books, father of six wonderful children, married to, and the name of his wife on there with her hashtag uh, with her um, Twitter name, remembering you only live once, so live well.
0: That's not a bad strapline, yeah. is it? Yeah, I quite like that. His books are quite interesting. Uh, he wrote a book called Anyone Can Do It, Wake Up and Change Your Life. Uh, how to be smart with your money, how to be smart with your time, um, riding the storm. And then 43 mistakes businesses make and 37 questions. 43. 43. I don't know. I don't know why. I I thought maybe there was something, you know, just it's his favourite number. 37 questions everyone in business needs to answer.
1: Not 38.
0: Nor 43. No. So... I don't know what those forty-three mistakes are. I've probably made quite a few of them myself, to be <laughs> to be honest. Um, I haven't read any of his books. Maybe we should review one of them at some point in the future. Um, I would say if anybody's listening who's read
1: any of the books, mm, I'd be interested to know what you thought of
0: them. Yeah, which is yeah, if you and if you read them all, which is your favourite? Uh, because, yeah, certainly worth a look at.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to buy all seven to read them.
0: No, we're committed. We're not that committed. He was also in I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here in 2015 oh, yes, and had a, a big bust up with somebody uh, over a piece of food, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing happens. Um, but so I, as is usual, I was looking for some some quotes, you know, some things, some little gems. Um, one, that, one that I like, and I would, wouldn't I? This is from his Anyone Can Do It book. To be successful, you must recognise your weaknesses and employ people with complementary skills. I think that's you well, know, yeah. that's that's day one of business school. Um, but this one I, th- I thought was much more interesting. An entrepreneur in debt is an entrepreneur in business. Yes, very good point. And we live in a time now where... Uh, you know, debt is, is is a dirty word. Borrowing money is seen as a dirty word because of, you know, all of the credit crunch and all of that type of thing. Actually, businesses need to borrow money to be successful. It, it's just part and parcel of... Uh, running, running, and growing um, a business. So,
1: if you think where he came from, he wasn't born into money. He no. he wasn't handed out on a plate to go off and invest somewhere. No. He had to get his money for. He earned it or borrowed it or however he got. Blagged it, it or whatever yeah. he did. Yes,
0: yeah. yeah. Did you get any quotes?
1: I've got two. You... I really like. Um, so one is sometimes in life it has to be enough to be proud of yourself even if no one else notices. Ooh. And the other one is you can run a business any way you like, but you'll run it better if you build it around your strengths.
0: Well, yeah, that's perfect. Yes, I love that. So that's Duncan Walker Bannertine. Yeah, Bannertine. Bannertine. I, just I think
1: one of the, one of our big struggles with this part of the show is pronouncing people's names.
0: Yeah, we've learned so much. We've learned so much. So yeah, let us know if what you think about him. Um if you know if he's a dragon that you hate where does he rank with theophetes who's one of the other dragons that we've uh, that we've talked about in the show uh, and let us have your comments you can you can listen to a podcasted version of this show uh, and recommend it to your friends of course and you can visit our website and leave your thoughts that is thebusiness.community but that's all we've got time for this week
1: mm-hmm. thank you very much for listening and do tune in again next week You've been listening to the business community with me, Tracy Jones. And me, Heather Noble. Join us again next week for more news, views and reviews from the world of business.